0: This is exactly right.
1: I'm Babs Gray, and I'm pitching Queer Eye, but just for the guys in day-day Fiance to get their shit together before someone comes all the way from another country and you have your crusty-ass clothes and dishes sitting out. Long rant joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brandy Posey, and did you guys know that Carrot Top's rejected
2: names were Bag of Onions and Thick Soup? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I'm Tess Barker
0: and ironically Apple Music is the droid phone Of music streaming
2: <laughs> <laughs> and this is Lady to Lady Can you keep a secret? Neither can we
1: <laughs> We got Barbara Brandy And of course Big We got A show for everyone That's the fucking best Come on baby it's time to hang out with your favorite ladies, ladies and ladies, ladies and ladies. Hello, everybody. You can't see this, but we're doing jazz hands. Mm-hmm. We've all got top hats on. Mm-hmm. We're all doing choreographed.
2: Thick soup over here, coming in hot. <laughs>
1: Where did this Joe? I don't even, Carrot Top's not even equivalent to Thick Soup. No, oh, I just, because I was
2: just thinking of his muscles one day and I, I was talking to Anna. Oh, I see. And I was like, oh, it'd be fun. I was like, what's like a, a bag of onions? I was like, oh, that would be a funny, that's a really stupid stage name. We're just riffing stage names for Carrot Top. And I put it in a tweet <laughs> because I don't would write punchlines anymore. Good
1: name for him. A real good name. For yeah. Him. Yeah.
2: Thick Soup coming to the stage. <laughs>
1: I'm in. If you guys had a not like, you know, if you had a, a persona name mm-hmm. for your stage. Shit. Ooh. Uh I'd be Red Rum. <laughs>
2: that's good. <laughs> is this is your drag. It's your it's your drag name, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically your drag name. Um, maybe you could be like uh Something with skank. (laughs) Yes. Oh. Uh,
2: Skamikazi or something like that. (laughs) There we go. Um,
1: Yeah, your roller derby name. Yeah,
2: yeah. Shout out to my friend Zia, whose roller derby name was uh, Sandra Day clobber Uh, See, you guys are coming up
1: with such good
0: names. I can only think of (laughs) Testicle. Um...
1: (laughs) I think Testify, (laughs) Testify. Testify
0: my Twitter handle. Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: I'll take it. Yeah. I feel like you're like Testicle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Was that was that was that a word? Like, you guys were just kept saying things, and my brain just kept going testicle, testicle. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> was that ever a nickname as a kid? Like Do all a, through like junior a... high,
0: yeah, uh huh, seventh and mm. eighth grade, yeah. But you know what? Like I think that was like an. I mean, junior high was definitely formative for me from a comedy perspective, anyway. But like everyone called me testicle, but like I didn't like I I, I was in on the joke. Right, like yeah, I thought yeah. it was like, funny. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can choose whether to embrace <laughs> your testes or not. Yeah, exactly.
2: You're-
1: you can get testy about being called testy. Or- yeah, exactly. <laughs> if
2: we had if we'd gone to middle school together, I would have called you turistical.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> so that would have been, been my spin on it, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Turistifying.
1: Just like an onion. Yeah. It has many, just like a bag of onions, yes. many layers to this. <laughs>
2: Please welcome to the stage, Bag-O Onions. No F. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bag-O. Bag-O. Hey, Bag-O. Friends of Bag-O. T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Let's, uh, is there any shows anybody wants to shout out or should we introduce our guests? Hey,
2: you guys know the deal. First Sunday of every month. We got Zoom shows. They're always amazing. Um, they are. Ladiesunday.eventbrite.com. Buy a ticket. The next one is
1: May 1st. So, yes. May 1st, get it, get May started right with the ladies. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: If you're listening to this, I'm in Colorado right now. Hey, why don't you come see me in Fort Collins tomorrow night? I'm going to be in Boulder over the weekend, and then I'm going to be in Denver at Sushi High the following Thursday.
1: Fun. Hell yeah. I'll be in Salt Lake doing shows, so check out my Twitter for that as well. Come see us live. Come listen to listen to the podcast every week.
2: Uh, d- never never stop consuming us. Please. <laughs> never, stop. never stop. Never stop. I will
1: say, I just want to shout this out really quick because we have a great Patreon. If you don't know, it's patreon.com slash lady to lady And I will say we are consistent we yes, put out new shit every week. We do a weekly mm-hmm. segment called Beef of the Week comes out Fridays. We do a monthly bonus segment, that's a whole episode, mm-hmm. so monthly bonus episode. And I, I there are a lot of people they don't keep that shit up to date. No. Yeah. We bring it. So we just every, want to make time. sure
0: everyone remembers that we are better than most people. exactly if you're not
1: listening to it for comedy listen to it for because we're better than
2: everyone yes yes the number Um, consistency 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 that's what you're pretty
1: good for three comedians comedians not known for consistency yeah absolutely (laughs) Uh, okay so the rest of this episode is
2: consistently good yes it is it is oh my god this was a great episode thought-provoking
0: fun you're just gonna let you're in for a treat
1: our guest has a podcast that you should go subscribe to right now called This is Critical. She has a monthly column in Wired. She has a book called Magic and Loss, the Internet as Art. She's just incredible and so much fun. Please hang out with our guest, Virginia Heffernan. How
2: is everybody's debt? How is everybody's debt? To- <laughs> My debt is it's feeling quite ignored,
0: honestly, neglected,
2: neglected. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the least fulfilling relationship in my life for sure.
0: Uh. <laughs> you all read? Um, did you all read this book
3: by David Graeber called Debt: The First Five Thousand Years? No, should no. we? Oh, oh my god, it sounds so interesting. <laughs> Instead of paying your credit cards, it is just the way to spend some time. First, you can declutter. <laughs> you can declutter your wallet, which like it's mm-hmm. a, like a you know Marie Kondo approach to finances, just all that money is kind of cluttering up your life. (laughs) Give it to the bookstore, get a copy of Debt the First 5,000 Years because I learned so much. And actually, can I say a small thing before we even be formal? Yeah, yeah, please. That there's this whole idea from thousands of years ago that everyone has this primordial debt. Like the Mm. debt is to everything that brought us into this world, right? So like, you know, the nutrition that our great-grandparents had or the, you know, bricks that were made by the people in the buildings that, you know, so we all have this like massive dependence, interdependence on each other. And Mm -hmm. then though that philosophical situation exists, you tunnel it into what I owe Citibank. Um, (laughs) And, you know, and Mm Graver is just like more attention to the debt we owe each other and the kind of baseline he calls it baseline communism of like opening the door for people and helping the elderly with their because they gave us so much and mm-hmm. then less attention to our you know city bank loans which i just yeah. think is kind of beautiful and he also is very into defaulting and just
2: not paying your debts Wait, you guys don't have memories of like Citibank taking you to playgrounds and you were five years old and like <laughs> w- wiping off your knee when you scrape it and buying yeah. you an ice cream? I, I do.
1: I mean, the advertisements <laughs> make me seem like I should have that memory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: it's definitely been like nano chipped in you to have that memory. But it's so true that like, right, they didn't. Uh, yeah, didn't. Um, also, you know, if it's
1: a day, it's already been paid that somebody like it doesn't uh, totally. really exist. I already went to college, you know. Like yes, that already it, happened. <laughs>
3: it's done, right. And also like your education is your he's just so much about it whole all, all starts because he meets someone at a party and he's talking about cause he did a lot of work with Occupy Wall Street and he's talking about Occupy and and he says these, you know, developing nations did get their um debts forgiven and um, these good things had happened and this woman says well she's English she's like one must pay one's debts and he just says no one must not no one mustn't no one needn't Mm -hmm. Um, and then the whole book is about like they took a bet on you and then like some bets don't pay off (laughs) that's their loss right So they they went to Vegas with Virginia Heffernan. They put all their chips on me. And sorry, we all bust
0: sometimes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Well, and also like the people in the upper echelon of like the financial world, nothing could be less. Their money is totally different than our money. Like they're speaking Uh, a totally different language than we are. So it's like if their Hmm. concept of money is totally fake and conceptual, why shouldn't ours be?
3: Yes, yes. I mean, he says he said. There's another like slogan, I guess, in finance that if you owe the bank a hundred thousand dollars, the bank owns you. But if you owe the bank five hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. you own the bank. Mm-hmm. And right, I don't right. even know what that means. But isn't that like enjoy- you know that thing where yeah. you learn that all those people have so much debt? That, oh yeah, know, yeah. Like that's every- what's so
1: wild, right? Yeah. You're just like, oh, it truly is monopoly money at that point. It's monopoly money. Yeah, right.
0: Because I think they must have been able, because we, I think, have this emotional connection to debt. There's so much shame around having debt. Yes. And yes, and
3: they don't have that. They don't right. have mm-hmm.
0: They They have completely divorced themselves from that shame, and that's like their superpower.
3: I think we can do it too. I, I, I mean, wait, yeah. Here and now, Yeah, we just feel like there is no shame in debt.
2: <laughs> it's
1: I'm a great working. financial plan. I like this. <laughs> this is a new movement. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely.
2: That's been my, like, my, my, I've been trying to work towards that during the pandemic. It's like, no, I don't, this does not make me feel bad. You will not make me feel bad. You're just zeros in.
3: I mean, there's a reason it's called debt forgiveness. Like we Mm -hmm. have to forgive ourselves. Like it's crazy to feel guilt around like moral guilt
2: Mm -hmm. around this
3: thing. Um, On the other hand, I have so slowed down my consumerist, like little grabby gritty stuff. My mouth full of consumer goods um, (laughs) side of my personality since the pandemic. Wait, you stopped being a capitalist
2: piggy? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm still, I'm still snort, 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 hoggy person. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. I'm American, and I have to run up those credit card debts somehow. But I mm-hmm. also, um, I used to think, you know, when that ever that was two plus years ago, that it was just a completely normal thing to pretty much go regularly to Dry Bar.
4: And mm,
3: I mm. haven't, you know, just that's one small example. Right, right, right. And I mean, or get in a lift. And I just like haven't done it. I mean, I my fiance was saying that I was like, like he was laughing at me because I was like, wow, I'm like saving so much money during the pandemic because uh, we were like cooking and, you know, mm-hmm. cleaning and like just doing things that I should have learned to do long ago, blow drying <laughs> my hair or not drying my hair and nails and like what was i thinking with all those clothes this you know i feel mm-hmm. like i have four pieces of clothing now and um you know i should have learned this a long time ago but it was nice to just see it was like i was like my bank account is just going up like how did right. you do this cuz he's really thrifty um and now I learned a little thrift too
0: yeah I find because every year when I do my taxes I'm always just like astonished by how much I've spent on lifts because oh my god nothing feels less like money that I'm spending than taking a lift like because I'm usually (laughs) "Uh," and and I don't even like think about it being an expense until I look at year-round what that totaled out to and yeah for over the pandemic I wasn't taking lifts and exactly it was staggering
3: it was staggering i know you're right i think i think that i'm just like oh jasmine's picking me up on her way to Times square
1: yeah i mean
3: mm-hmm.
1: i will say i did like yeah i think obviously i i saw how much i was saving during lockdown because of not going out and right mm-hmm. not you know Actually I did spend a lot of money on clothing that was comfortable. Um Oh yeah, tensile. <laughs> just tensile.
3: Yeah. It's like what yeah. is this stuff?
1: <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I just wanna look like a pen like a one color like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I will say I'm back to my I will call it a hamster, perhaps, of stuffing my cheeks. It's oh, come yeah. back, baby. <laughs> She's back.
3: Dude, back, exactly. Just spend, spend, spend. I, d- I, definitely don't judge. I mean, there's aren't there some things that haven't come back? I mean, I feel like you, mm-hmm. you, n- none of the three of you are with me on the dry bar habit.
0: Um, no, yeah. that wasn't something I did. Yeah, I funny going to mention it bad. because I'm having a birthday party this weekend, and I'm a thousand percent getting a blowout. But it's for oh, a come party. on, of course birthday it's yeah it's
3: your birthday yeah oh my gosh we're having she's having a soiree in vegas so soiree in vegas that sounds so good (laughs) and also that that is cause for if you know the dry bar menu that's definitely cause for like a southern you know just you just want like lit you want like under here lift and Ooh. teasing.
0: Yes. Teasing.
3: Ooh. And just because here I mean, you're blonde. You could just get the Dallas factor. Like, get me
0: higher to God. Get me closer to God, honey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is that why big hair is closer to God? That's yeah. That's yeah.
1: Yep. 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 Oh. big hair is closer to God. <laughs>
2: okay.
3: I, I love, love everything about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I've just been really, it's been bad. Like, I, I think, you know what's I don't know if anyone else has this, but Like I got a decent job over lockdown. Mm -hmm. I've had, you know, I've been doing okay with, with Mm -hmm. money, but my brain, this is how my brain works. If I, cause I'm so used to scrambling and not having it and having to constantly find gigs and money that like Mm -hmm. I spend more because I like need my bank account to be closer to me scrambling. I think it's like a weird psychological thing where I'm like, oh no, but you need to be on the edge or else like you don't know. You know
2: well, that's that's an adrenaline yeah. that you that we've lived with for so long yeah. that it's also like whether it's good or bad, it's still just been like a shock to the system for so like that adrenaline rush has just been there. and to have that taken away is like, wait i'm calm right I'm uh, yeah but uh, with my fucking when does it when does it start again though it's got to start again exactly like, I, yeah
3: do you all do i do that with um with lateness like i'm just uh-huh. like i am i am jason born i am like it just gives my life meaning to like try you know just like yeah. barely make it and like like one minute later and if mm. i'm um and even though i'm hating myself too even though yes, I'm yeah, like, you are immoral. You are not people's time isn't doesn't mean anything to you. Something is wrong with you. And then I'm just like, oh, they don't know the high of my life. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: it, I relate important. to that so much. I always feel like I ha- I do have a sickness. Like, I was going. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I was taking a dance mm-hmm. class a couple weeks ago that I could not have been more excited to be taking. I was like, I'm going to get there yeah. early and like spend lots of time warming up. It's like five minutes before I'm supposed to leave for class. I could have easily given myself plenty of time to park and like stretch before class. What do I do? Sit my ass on the couch and read an article on my phone. Why? Get out of the house. So, and because of the Jason
3: Bourne factor. Because we are. Mm-hmm. I guess, because our phone scrolling is just so freaking important. We're saving the world. I can't wait. Are we th- all four late people?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you know, okay, I think so, we attract other. I love other late people. The late people. Yeah. By the way, I don't. If when we
3: finally meet, I. If you are late, I will be so happy. First of all, it feels like you're pre not judging me for when I'm late for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe, I'm sorry for listeners that are like believe in this matrix, and I understand lots of people do, but that late (laughs) people think they are more important than their person, their meeting, or whatever, like all Mm -hmm. those moral things. I really understand early people have that.
1: Lay people, <laughs> lay people have it. a whole
3: different worldview. I think we just, get, <laughs> yes.
1: it's like, yes, we understand it's everything takes longer than you think. I think, especially when you live in, you know, LA or New York, you, un- yeah. the factors that are gonna, it's not usually this, but you know, yeah. you ex- when I go somewhere, I'm expecting, like, yeah, I'll be able to park immediately. And that's, yes. Perhaps, yes. Very, that never happens. not a good oh, idea yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what's in my head but, and then you're like oh yeah I need an extra 15 minutes just for my dumb shit
3: that is a good excuse and also you all can always say uh, traffic on the four hundred five, or
2: whatever that yeah. thing is. <laughs>
3: um, like we don't we don't have that excuse. But you can be like the end training's barely running today, or you know that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Exactly. New York will do you yeah. dirty at least as often as, as the Los Angeles mm-hmm. freeways will. So see, we're not only late, but we have like a set of in
3: our pocket for sure like,
2: excuses. Well, and when you show up late, you're also saying, "I dare you not to love me." Oh, yes. Yes. true.
3: Like, love me for me, not for my cognitive issues around time. Mm -hmm. No. Like, that's, right? right? I feel like we're neuroatypical,
0: and -hmm. we get judged a lot. Oh, yeah. Yes. And also, every once in a while, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes I'm early. And I don't care if I'm early and the other person's late, because that's just allowing me to be late in one place, because then I can still sit there and look at my phone for 15 minutes. (laughs) Oh my gosh who doesn't want to just stare at their phone it's a gift yes. <laughs> yeah
1: you get to settle you get the settle time
3: you get the <laughs> yeah. settle time yeah yeah i had and,
1: i had two friends over the other night um for you know just for drinks and stuff 7 p.m and i was like i don't think they'll be here on time and it was perfect they both got here like before 7 30 but gave me extra time to get my shit ready because of course i wasn't oh, ready yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. i wasn't ready for at seven exactly and it was like friends. thank you thank you for being here <laughs> 20 minutes after the time I said.
3: <laughs> Can I ask you all something about that, about staring at your phone when whatever. I thought it was completely normal to, I'm looking at my phone right now. I thought it was completely normal to use your phone camera like our mothers used like a compact. Right, you like know, a just like, mm, yeah. Check yeah. my lipstick. Right, yeah. a mirror. That's the good mm-hmm. word for it. But <laughs> then I, but sometimes... I don't love it when people see me, I know it's audio, but when people Mm -hmm. see me going like, because it's a little different. I look in a mirror. I'm just like doing that mirror face, but I look Mm -hmm. a little differently in the mirror than I look when I'm doing a selfie because you don't want to look so self-conscious in a selfie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So like, and it's a very twisted thing I need to do with my face to see if I have any cheekbones you know like it's just certain
1: <laughs> things yeah no the faces like, we make when you're looking in the mirror for makeup are very specific like mm-hmm. yes yeah. yeah yeah
3: oh totally right and you're just like <laughs> yeah. my eyelids where are you um <laughs> but i but do you think that using it that way is weird like in public
0: no, no. i don't your think your so
3: no no I and do it's you irritating. all ever blow up a flaw just say i don't do that i personally don't because
1: i i just am like i'm a denier i don't i try to not look at my (laughs) i'm just like if i don't look it's not there so
3: (laughs) yeah that's a good call (laughs) well i will buy it blow up a flaw and like a (laughs) poor just be like how is this part of me
0: do you (laughs) i know you're cutting down on being capitalist but have you become (laughs) addicted to skincare products yet
3: uh, okay. I mean, back to my, okay. Do I work her own
2: oh. skincare? No.
5: <laughs> oh
3: yes. Right. Worker own skincare. Yeah. Um, I get, um, I get the, are you saying, do I get the Birch box and Allure beauty box? Yes. Are you saying that I watch hot and flashy, which my friend Angie just recommended to me, which is like elderly skincare.
0: <laughs> um, and that I just mm. got a
3: prescription for, whatever that thing is called that's retin-a or something
0: oh yeah I want to try so that one
3: Right, because it keeps telling you like you won't have to wear makeup so then you're like I'll save money but then it's so many layers of so many things and also Glossier by the way since Glossier got cancelled oh I didn't know this like the, it's very cheap mm-hmm. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and, and, it, know.
3: I, I, and it, the cancellation I went I did a deep dive so you don't have to the cancellation is not that their crimes are not especially appalling
1: okay can you fill us in level of cancellations what, yeah, I don't what, know what
3: was happened. the basis what's the basis okay yeah. a totally legit one is that they maybe don't have enough colors they oh, have okay. a lot
0: that's at yeah. the
3: extremes mm-hmm. um but it's now like considered best to have like 80 plus shades right Mm -hmm. um so they i mean yeah so you need like you know i don't like for every possible skin tone and if you leave out something that might be an in-between shade then there are possible charges of like colorism or Mm -hmm. so that is all super interesting but they're like both at the extremes so Mm -hmm. um but and they're broadening their shade range I mean I think it, I think it's actually kind of interesting. Um and mm-hmm. then there's employees who felt that as that they were underpaid and okay, they've raised okay. their and they've raised their um they've so they've said they're, they're doing more shade and paying people more. So so that seems like They're like no shade but we're doing more shade. More no shade, more shade. <laughs> uh, but they're exactly. But they're um they are I figured, like, once I found out that they were addressing those problems, um, and I hadn't quite known because I just feel like matching skin tone is like a pipe dream for everyone.
1: But oh, like, yeah, when I, I right, yeah, it's yeah. always a fucking, mm-hmm. you never know. It's always a toss up.
3: Yeah, and it, it's not as though anyway. It, I, I don't. I, I probably shouldn't wade it too far into this, but they were correcting those things, and you know, nothing like a, it's like a buy low on reputation you know you know so like cancellation that's when you that's when you you put your that's (laughs) that's a warren buffett thing you
1: get in (laughs) on the ground floor so on the
3: new ground floor right on the in the hole that's
1: good i mean that's good they got some pressure it's great they they're making you know more of what people want they're paying their employees more and you get to swoop in and get some cheap shit in the interim yes so that's it this yeah, is what we a- want out of all
2: cancellations.
1: If only exactly. all cancellations
2: ended this they way. Were, yes. They were
1: growing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 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 Yeah.
3: So Glossier ran out. <laughs> so this is, yeah, like, this I start, is sponsored like, by I, Glossier.
1: I go on and off the skincare train. Like I, mm-hmm. it seems like no matter what I do, it's always the fucking same. So I'm just kind of like, whatever at this point. And like Man, I said, I love I look, it so much. But the more I, was- I look at it, the more I, problems I see. And therefore yeah. I'm like, well, fuck it. I don't want to do that because then mm-hmm. I'm just feeding into it. You know?
3: Yeah. Like, I see, I'm looking at, say I'm looking at three, just like, ridiculously flawless complexions. Well, right now, so. thank you. Well,
2: the it. Zoom filter this is, is turned zoom. up pretty high. But
3: anyone, <laughs> does anyone not do touch up your appearance? Like psychopaths. Like, oh my God! <laughs> put it in the comments if you do. If you, like,
1: um, it's if amazing. You're like, and then touch up a- my appearance No. Zoom has it. Zoom has yeah. it. And Google Hangs does not. Oh. And I I have to do work ones on Google Hangs, and it's always like ah, oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like that's not, not what i look okay. like google list. hangs get your shit together and give us a filter please <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah just like the pure vaseline yeah just exactly want i'm gonna yeah. start
1: putting vaseline on my computer <laughs> why haven't we i know
3: why haven't we done that but none of us have ring lights i don't have them yeah. because when i put on my glasses there's
1: two little rings i know it's like mm-hmm. impossible with the reflection yeah i'm using and ring, ring light put- right now are, you are? <laughs> yes.
0: Oh. I think all it's, right.
1: well, you have, a, you have a light also up behind you, so it's like yeah. it balances it out.
0: I, my, gar- my garage is also a cavern, so if I wasn't using my ring light, it'd be like a horror movie. <laughs> There'd be movie. no it'd be light. Dark. Yeah. There'd be no yeah. light. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually can, had to tell I my husband, because he's a podcaster too, this guy loves to wear baseball caps <laughs> on camera. I said, you can't, you got to knock it off. And he's like, no, it's my thing. All right. I'm like, well, then you need to <laughs> okay. start using a ring light so that you at least have like light yeah based Uh, on camera
1: is not a good call yeah you gotta see that face yeah Uh,
3: Yeah. but I but I mean if you feel like something's your thing I mean does he also have like huge wolfman jack headphones like we do um
0: I think he does yeah and I mean I'm fine with that being his thing and he can have a shadowy face if that's what he wants but I was like I don't know just like men don't think about distributing the light evenly on their face right true no why, do Imagine if like <laughs>
5: they like, did. Do you feel
3: like your mom your moms were always saying, Get your hair off your face? Like, why as we get older are we like people should just pull their hair back from their face? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
1: I wanna like, see that beautiful face. Hair, yeah,
3: yeah. Totally, I want to see that beautiful yeah.
1: face. Don't, don't hide them. that beautiful face. Show me your youth. I would like to <laughs> gaze upon it and suck some of it for myself.
0: My mom also told me to never shave above my knees, which I listened to way too long. Oh, wait, that's
3: not true. I was today years old.
0: Why <laughs> <don't> do
1: that? <laughs> you guys not shave above your knees? Mm-mm. There's oh. like I don't. I'll shave don't the bikini shave line, above. but I don't shave below or I don't shave above my knees. What? Yeah,
3: your
0: you, mom was right. What? Oh. You shave your yeah. thighs? I shave my thighs. Absolutely. Ow! No, it's fine. Ow! Nothing bad happens. Nothing bad happens. <laughs> but but you just have what an happens
1: is that the the hair comes back. In, like, the hair on my thighs is very... You can't even see it because it hasn't been shaved and come back in.
0: Huh. Go... F- <laughs> sh- shave your thighs once and you won't look back. <laughs> Um, I okay, no. I just this
3: is going to move well can I v- like awkwardly move the conversation to something about my podcast TM that yes. I just yeah. did yeah yeah please um, we did want okay so the shows this is critical and um it is sort of like walking around in the rubble of aspirational culture um just like what's happened since we kind of like a lot of us stopped thinking that like there were market solutions to everything and things you could buy to fix things. So, w- the most recent one is about hairlessness and hair removal mm-hmm. with um, the author of this book called Plucked, who is um, Rebecca Herzig, who is amazing. And she, there's just so much stuff about body hair removal. So, she's not talking mm-hmm. about. The stake we have in our head hair, which is just in, immeasurably huge, yeah, yeah. Um, but the stake we have in our body hair, and one of the things she said um, is that she asks her students, she asks the male students, she, yeah, how many of them think uh, that the the fem identified students um, do, remove hair, and they said twice a year. <laughs>
0: and <laughs> exactly, Baby.
3: and the oh, and wow. and and most of the and the fem students were like every day, and it's like from places you wouldn't even believe. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like quote lip, right? They don't even mm-hmm. say mustache. Just, <laughs> yeah. Quote yeah. chin beard, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but <laughs> but, um, but and eyebrows and whatever. But she had it was so crazily interesting like things like even shave this sh- like forced shaving of beards at Guantanamo Bay of you know suspected but held mm-hmm. without ch- charges yeah. would be terrorists they and like just the humiliation of having your beard shaved wow. for you know oh by God. someone else wow yeah and then also um the colonizers of North America, when they met indigenous people and indigenous people had less hair, mm-hmm. they um, they sort of decided that if they had hair, like beards like Europeans did, then they could work together. But if they were hairless, then they were like this whole other species. So they spent all this time, um, they spent all this time studying indigenous people to see if they secretly plucked because if they could catch them plucking then mm-hmm. that would mean that they were just as hairy as europeans What the um, fuck? and what? we <laughs> talked i talked to this indigenous scholar about this yeah. and and she she's cree and she said um that she is almost entirely hairless um on her inner body mm-hmm. and that this is a real thing but and, and this you know and of course like Europeans will also decide that people uh, other people are too hairy so like you yeah. can't nail it but that's also true with our bodies like you want mm-hmm. thick lush hair on your head and no hair under your arms and like what a what a crazy like it's just like what are we we're like <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> yeah <we are. laughs> and Continue, this guy. is feminism this is yeah. you know what I mean
2: <laughs> I was on my way to a concert the other night and um meeting with some guy friends my boyfriend and I have a. Uh, 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 car tweezers I think that is probably common Mm -hmm. and I was like listening to Flogging Molly just like tweezing my chin at a red night and then I was conducting and then I threw them out the window and (laughs) I hit the car
0: oh no (laughs) I just was like
2: Woo! And I just okay. saw them go and I was like, well, I guess the mole's just going to go natural tonight. I guess that's fine. Oh my gosh. If I
3: really, really, I'm just hoping that Lady to Lady has mostly lady listeners because that story is incredible if you've been there and totally yes. gibberish if you haven't.
1: i was like searching for drive-by tweezers.
3: I all mean, yeah. right, car tweezers is the funniest yes. thing because it feels so good and satisfying, oh,
0: so satisfying, right? And also, mm-hmm. have you guys ever been on vacation and you, a hair comes out and you don't have your tweezers with you? Oh, it's it becomes the worst. like the telltale worst. hair, like it's yeah. all you can think about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. weird too because sometimes they like won't show up until they're really long. I won't oh, notice them. Yeah. And I'm like, just a pop I'm like overnight. Wait, where the fuck yeah. did this come from? <laughs> right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why don't you? I'll just be the... like doing that. I'll like be feeling my neck and then I'm like, oh, oh. it's <laughs> yes. just that like it's like a scarf that keeps going.
3: <laughs> okay, can I also tell you that I that mine are gray now? And when mm-hmm. I look at gray them, I'm like I have a gray beard and I can almost perceive myself <laughs> as
1: like full gray bearded like professor
2: mm-hmm. of, you know. <laughs>
1: you look great. I mean I like beards. Thank I you. feel like I'm down with anyone to have mm-hmm. one. So
2: yeah, yeah. I'll sometimes I'll rub them like a beard before I pluck them out. <laughs> um <laughs> Good, like
1: thinking Thinking here. Yeah. I <laughs> feel very wise. Um, I we to, let's so, go. Oh, well, we're
2: going to go uh, shape our brows and
0: some other things, and we'll We'll be back. Oh, <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: We'll be back. We'll, we'll be, be like back. We'll be back. We'll be back.
0: We'll be back. 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 We'll be
2: back. We'll be 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 back. Oh yes exactly. yeah we will be we will be back Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lady to Lady. I'm Brandy.
1: I'm Babs. I'm Tess. And we're here with Virginia. Yeah, we should have Virginia. For that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it again. And when we do that, it's all you. <laughs> Got it. All right.
0: Virginia, we're going to play a game with you. We're just going to ask you some questions. Interpret these however you'd like. Love um, a game. It's called Who, What, When, Where, Why. Who, what, where, when, who, what where when who
1: what where when who what where when why that's our m- our military march mm-hmm. yeah. i
3: love it and I, I was like when's the why coming i could hear it in a bit you know like it just like it just the nervous system is like i need my why i need my why i need my why why yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's a Thank very you. our best orgasm adjacent song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll,
3: have, I'll have what she's having thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So question. So, yes. Um. Some of okay. Let's just go for it. So we know you have a book called Magic and Loss, The internet is art. So some of these are internet related. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, so, very. Stupid setup. Okay, who is the best person on the internet?
2: Oh my gosh! Oh, the best is a good question.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> best is a. It's a tough one. Oh, I have an answer. I didn't even think of it, but I'll. Okay. Okay. One. No, you go. Okay. Okay, I can go first. If um. You want. Yeah, please. You go. I think Lil Nas X. Oh, that's a good best one. Best person
2: I follow Lil Nas
3: X, but he never comes up in my feed.
2: He took some time off. Yeah, he took
3: some time off. Okay. Um, Well, I hope he comes back because that's maybe that's why the internet has just been like, you know, that could be. Yeah, we need his balance out out there. there.
1: Just so funny, so like. I mean, I love his yeah. music, but just, like, his tweets are so fucking funny, and he's just so himself, and I love him. He's, like, trolling for good.
3: Yes, exactly. I, oh, trolling for good. Yeah, TFG. Mm-hmm. I am, okay, I'm going to say, first of all, I'm on Twitter all day. Like, when you look at, like, time spent online, it's, mm-hmm. like, usually 47 out of 24 hours <laughs> of on the pie chart. So, yeah. Um, I yeah, I can't, you know, I don't feel guilty about it. Um, So Rachel Syme is a great follow for everyone, S-Y-M-E, she writes for The New Yorker, but the main thing is because she'll do a speed round of matching uh, your scent to you. So you say, like you'll say a memory that you want a scent to evoke. Or you'll say like a scent that you like, that's a weird one, like Aquanet or, you know, like like Tide Pods or whatever. And she'll just like match it. She's like a savant of perfume. Really? And she yeah, and she's really political and she's really interesting in all these other subjects. But then suddenly she'll just do one. And she like, for instance, she's given me some and they're usually too expensive. She gives the link um, on in response to like what sense I like. But then I was like, what is the cheapest drugstore one that you actually like? And she just wrote back Jovan Musk. Joe okay. Von Musk. Yeah. So like, if you just have to get if you just got to get it before whatever, it's Jovan Musk at CVS. Anyway, Rachel Syme, S-Y-M-E, say it, calling her the best person on the internet is a tall order, but for now she is. <laughs> She's that's, your current favorite. I love yeah. this. this. I'm is actually great. really
0: fascinated because your book is about how the internet is actually this grand piece of art yes. that humans have created. I think that's a really very compelling kind of point of view because it's very easy to, I mean, we all spend a lot of time on the internet. It's really easy to focus on what a toxic place it is. What was yeah. the genesis of that kind of point of view about the internet for you? So I
3: was, I was a weird kid who probably today wouldn't be a weird kid, but I, because of this accident of where I was born in New Hampshire, there was a giant mainframe computer put in in the seventies, which you could call into using not even ethernet. It was like this crazy coupler situation that you would like push your phone into this like suction cups, like your receiver of your phone. And it was early network computing. So it was like, so I was nine in 1979. And I went to the, like the coder of this thing who also invented BASIC came to town and he, John Kemeny, they said in order for him to have like whatever it took to set up this mainframe in town, he had to give a lecture to the school children. And he was just like super bummed. He was just like a Hungarian galaxy brain computer person. But he sat in front of us and was like, here's how to program this, 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 this. And like, you can say like, my brother is an idiot or whatever at the end. So I like, so like all these things in that era, everyone filed out bored at the end, except for like three nerdy guys and me. And we like moved down to the front and I don't know what I was drawn to. I was not drawn to learn how to code, but I was just like, this is really weird. Like, I don't understand how this works. So he told me how to get on, I called it the computer. And I started to just play these kind of role-playing games and D&D-style games. And my name, of course, was Athena. You probably remember me from my Athena days <laughs> at
0: nine.
3: Chubby Sh- freckles. Um, and then... I just like got super into the masquerade of it. I got into the games of it. I got into like this had some apparatus of like the master could kill people that like offended him and knock them off the thing. And it would be like 14 people on or 12 and like it never got to 20 on this Mm -hmm. chat room. Basically, I believed by 1982, you would have asked me and I would have told you hands down. I know every single person on the internet. <laughs> you might like, have. I just, I might have. I mean, there were some like whatever out in San Francisco, but this was one of the few mainframes and people did uh, dialed into it from whatever. So I, never thought of it as that much more than a game. It's like when you right. come to something and I know we're playing a game now and I should move to the next
2: Oh no, no, no. No, 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 no. This is this is what it's for. This is my yeah, yeah. Oh good. Okay. Yeah.
3: But I also so I didn't think of it as like and a like really nice upside is that there were of course all the like stuff that is now from sock puppeting to um trolling of course to like people posting in all caps to like misuse of reply all um where you know you would it was ra and like there were all these like key keystroke codes and stuff but you know if you did that stuff by accident you kind of like there were penalties social penalties for it and there were social penalties for trolls by the way we called them scrollers because one thing you could do to people that we thought was like the height of humor in 1981 on (laughs) the computer was um to send someone just out of nowhere, a, like zillion ampersands so that their <laughs> screen, because everything disappeared. So their yeah. screen just went, bloop, and you were just like, ha ha, you've been scrolled. <laughs> 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 and so, and then, you know, trolling came later. But of course, people were like, you know, in the main room of the chat would say, like, you know, as opposed to kind of DMs, they would say, You know you're an idiot or whatever and then Mm -hmm. they could be killed by the master and then there were controversies about killing and like all this could have been seen as potentially dangerous because of course like i was young there Mm -hmm. were like you know Whatever. Of course, I would be like, I'm 18 and I look
2: like Raquel Welch or whatever. <laughs> um, oh, it, I think, I think, as, I think right? as children, we all talk to uh, oh, yeah. p- people we should not have. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Online, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, so obviously, like, if I'd had
3: different parents, they might have been like, this is dangerous. But mm-hmm. it was just this opportunity to explore, to be taken for older, to have conversations mm-hmm. about Reaganomics or, you know, football that no one would have listened to me about. And, um, and it just was like this really interesting coming of age thing. And I, I had a normal social life, I got outside, I did whatever. But I just thought like, this is really interesting. And it's this opportunity for self invention. And, you know, on a heavier note, later when I wrote about it, I found some of the people that I had talked to in those days, which were mostly college students, and a lot of them were gay. And said, this was a gay Mm. cruising site, and Mm. we knew you weren't gay. And that's why, you know, we were whatever. But also like this was a place where you couldn't people who could not be themselves in the light of day, and bless everyone who loves snowboarding and can kill it at the popularity game. I love them. They're great. They should definitely do that. But there's lots of us that wanna be, wanna participate in the world, but aren't quite ready to step out into prime time. And like, we should be able to meet people too. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And it was really fun that way. And in Japan, for example, they think the internet is a source of great mental health for kids as opposed to, you know, trouble because it allows them this freedom with their identities that they don't get in the kind of name, rank, and serial number life of, you know, kind of Japanese careerism. Um, at least that's according to this one sociologist, Khan Ishao, which like just rang true for me. I was like, yeah. you know, I don't get grades here. I don't have to like, you know, make lacrosse team. I don't like it's just like this free time. So they're obviously like by saying the Internet's a work of art. I don't mean it's a work of great art all the time. Like, you know, Twitter is occasionally poetry mostly just like dog roll and like weird little grunts and stuff but those are like part of a civilization also and um you know like I know we're in a time where techno utopia techno utopians are not anyone's favorite but you know Arnold Schwarzenegger used telegram to smuggle in you know, a truth-telling video about what's going on in in, in Ukraine uh, and it, to Russians who were blocked by getting it and they got it. Wow! And like, this is really different than during the Cold War. Like, you can find, uh, you know, ways in to people mm-hmm. who don't, are in a blackout of the news and Russia cannot keep people from looking at Telegram and seeing stuff that tells them this truth, which they otherwise wouldn't have got. So like, there's small things like that that we, are in a current low ebb of confidence in the internet. And obviously the founders are nightmares. The big tech companies are nightmares. But it's like little stuff like this, you know, little kooky podcasts where we not mm. to say you're kooky but oh we are you
0: know
2: we're, we're, we're <laughs> kooky right we're, we're, we were the mantle of kooky yeah, yeah. like yeah. we're,
3: well, we're tr- like we might not have done big showbiz in the you know in the 90s mm-hmm. but like it's really fun to just like sit in our houses on zoom and get to like connect with people and mm-hmm. i'm just really still sentimental about what it has offered us and you know i could go through the different the book tri- goes through classical art forms. So like what's happened to dance on the internet, you know, so you could look at something like TikTok, right? People Mm have been dancing for a long time and TikTok kind of codifies a certain new set of dances and Mm -hmm. YouTube did before it. Um, And then obviously photography and visual art washes up on Instagram before that Flickr. Um, We are like trading photos all the time. There's lots of thought about composition of photos. Mm -hmm. These are like artistic concerns And then there's the other thing of, you know, I don't worry about keeping my kids offline. I worry more about, like, make a sturdy, interesting, cool avatar online. I mean, an avatar that works for you, you Mm -hmm. know, and that, like, I think of my Twitter avatar as, my Twitter avatar can take sniper fire for me because she's so much tougher than I am, you know? (laughs) So, like, I'm just, like, at page eighty-eight, my Twitter handle. She'll get it. She's witty. She's brave. I'm back here. In some ways, I felt more of myself in thinking of the self that I am that can't be digitized. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it sloughs no. off the yeah. part of you that like is bigger and better than you really are, and like leaves you alone with your whole complexity and flaws.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Well, and it's also like the number of pe- like. Most people, I think, like when you your Maslow's hierarchy of needs are are met, we yeah. tend to move in a direction of like some form of art or whatever. Yeah, um, it's like I mean, that's why so many rich people get into the arts because they're like, oh, well, my shelter and food is taken care of. Yes, so what, how would I like to express myself? And right. the internet makes that like um, that weigh in so so cheap. Yes. Uh, you know you don't need to you know you can oh I can learn to use filters and composition yeah it's like all of yes. that stuff become puts it at your fingertips in a way
3: totally that I mean didn't
2: really exist before
3: I can't mm. it's like you know how sometimes you come across just some meme and you just are like that is so crazily mm-hmm. clever yeah like just how someone just thought that up they're like leagues mm-hmm. ahead of my brain and <laughs> yeah. I just like you know I just want to be part of that or you like just run into some mm-hmm. like person uh, threading on Twitter and you're just like keep going like someone's giving this like this website is free this yes. website is free you mm-hmm. know um and so that's yeah I will say this ties
1: into an up something I wanted to talk about quickly but I've had a whole saga with this couch that whatever my cats peed on we got rid of we got a new mm-hmm. shitty couch it's already breaking a spring has already come out of this piece of shit couch. oh my god but yeah. do you
3: want to name the manufacturer so we can it's just, bob's yeah. discount
1: furniture everyone cancel the one with that st- annoying like cartoon but um, Bye, Bob who would have known a listener known? i know <laughs> <laughs> a listener sent who lives in wisconsin sent us a thing being like Hey, I I run a vintage shop. I will send you this couch if you want to pay for shipping. So this, like, it's just so cool that this would that that would happen in a million years. Yeah, it's, so, it's connectivity on things. such
0: a different level. And like, I think that about Twitter. Like, stay with me, but like, Twitter sometimes reminds me of that Mel Gibson movie, What Women Want. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: because, everyone's Why? What? because everyone's just like saying yeah, red thoughts. It's, yeah. like red it's like yeah. you can
0: like <laughs> you can because like it is like it, when when people tweet things they're really just tweeting their interior monologue and yes. it is like you can just sit in a society and like it's a totally different form of conversation than you would have verbally it's yeah right, we're all right. just listening yeah. to, we're all just reading kind of each other's I thoughts. I mean that's didn't isn't
1: that what Al Gore said his inspiration was was that movie I think
0: so. (laughs) Let's go back to
3: ground zero inventor, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like a certain, there's just a certain, I mean, look, it's disinhibiting and people don't like that if they don't like vulgar or talk or swearing or they don't like Mm. to be told like, shut up because you're being racist or whatever because that hurts their feelings. Mm -hmm. But um, the disinhibition has also led to a weird... An interesting kind of realness. Like, I'm not surprised when I meet Twitter friends in person mm-hmm. because. N- as, at least, especially on Twitter, and I'm a Twitter partisan, I'm not a real Instagram person, so I don't really know from influencers. I think I like the parts of the internet that remind me of the early internet. So just like junky message boards and like, mm-hmm. you know, kooky things that are like, for people who love flashlights, like here's one million <laughs> users or whatever, which I, yeah. I did join. Literally flash, <laughs> literally flashaholics. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, I love um, it. <laughs> you know, but you know, and how much time can you spend on some of those things? Mm-hmm. Um I w- I mean not to just like dredge up so much about that book, but it also it was not a techno-utopian book and it did come with this idea that so you know, it was 2016, it came out in the summer. So we're like running up to the that that election as you may remember, a very dark day in American history. Um And um, there was a lot of disinformation floating around. And the disinformation we got to thinking that there was an axis between true and false, that you needed to like, there was false information that needed to be fact checked and people needed to understand truth from false, true from false. But I started to think people needed to know fiction from nonfiction more. Mm-hmm. And one great way to know fiction from nonfiction is to read fiction as fiction. So if you look at the internet as this work of art with lots of posing and staging and, you know, like then you, and that, you know, certain language is meant to just draw you in and be hyper-arousing, be disgusting, be versions of snuff and porn like they put out on Fox News all the time to get your heart pumping or the QAnon stories that are just so ridiculously snuffy and porny, like you just could recognize them as fiction. You know, there was some point where I was like, oh, those terrible right-wing people, they love the... They're like disgusting stories and like their heads, their minds in the gutter all the time. And then I turned on one of my like little cozy, sleep, you know, uh, English. English detective stories, right. you know? It's just like, a uh, binge, yum, Broadchurch, I'm watching every episode, Olivia Coleman's in it, and then it's just like, her husband is a pedophile who raped all these people, or whatever. It's yeah, just yeah. as gross, right? And yeah. just as like intriguing and scary, but you do it as fiction, and you learn right. to willingly suspend disbelief, that little act that we all do when we watch a Netflix show or read a novel, that if you don't learn to do, then you really are, if you don't think of the internet as a play of surfaces, as like a fictional thing, as like with lots of games involved in it, then you start to be like, news, this is news, this is news. And, you know, you're this close to like storming the Capitol because someone said the election was stolen on Newsmax. You know what I mean? Where like, you just, there's a particular cognitive state of taking in fiction, which is extremely pleasurable, structured in a way that humans love it. Storytelling as fiction is, um, is a wonderful thing. And, um, and anyway, I I mean, in some ways, I think the Netflix binge is the cure for internet illiteracy. Because you just remind yourself, it is a pleasure to watch fiction. And when you and it's a particular kind of pleasure, And you'll know fiction when you encounter it online. I mean, no one believed the Pizzagate story who had ever read a novel because you're just like, this is that bullshit thing that's only interesting because someone made it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think about that a lot because I really like reality TV. And I think people yeah. who debate oh, yes. reality TV, it's like they, I understand that it's a fiction. It's a scripted, it's, just, totally. those are, yeah, it's I mean, perfect. people on reality television are performance artists. Yeah, like, that's exactly. just an improv actor. And the producer, there's a total artifice that goes over it. And once you accept that, yeah. it's a joy to watch because it's like beautiful story editing, great yes. use of like villains and bad guys and fun, all the fun artifices of a piece Absolutely. of fiction. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, so I, my 16-year-old son and I have watched Survivor together forever. And um, I gave up on like Real Housewives and stuff. I actually like hit a bottom with Real Housewives. But um, Survivor, I was trying to explain to him like the the dynamic of irony which is like part of the dynamic of reading which is like yeah true not true like i'm gonna invest in this but we know it's a we also know it's a fiction and um he was like give me an example just as we were watching survivor and they rolled the cameras into the frame you know which they used to do on
0: the hills Mm -hmm. or laguna beach Mm -hmm. that's a great finale where they reveal that it's all fake yes, yes
3: of the hills yes the hills yes oh my god Died. Beautiful moment died. in television. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful moment in television. The finale of The Hills. Oh yes. my God, you're the first person. Uh, I can't believe it. I think about that finale all the time. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but now they've started to do it on Survivor. And, you know, it's like you're supposed to be in this illusion that you're on the island. And, mm-hmm. you know, all the cutaways are things that were also happening then. And right. there can't be any giant tech. Like, they don't even have a bowl of rice. There can't be, like, 12 cameramen and booms and cameras. But then they're like, of course there are, you know? And it's
0: just this, like, nice uh, respect for the intelligence of the viewer. A
1: thousand
3: know? percent.
0: Mm-hmm. And The Bachelor does yeah. that, or Chris Harrison's left the show, but, like, they used to have these really dumb, like, Chris Harrison skits periodically, where it would just be, like, a moment with Chris Harrison being zany doing a skit. And oh, I loved yeah. them because it was, like, breaking the fourth wall, like... This is ridiculous, yes. right? We're just making justice. Yes. yes, <laughs> Right. Don't get yeah,
3: don't don't get fooled by this. And you know, Sean Hannity and Alex Jones in court cases have referred them mm-hmm. to themselves as performance artists. Oh yeah. Um to right. So to try to and mm-hmm. just like why we need to remember that they said that. Like they
2: told us exactly. who they were.
1: Right? It's
2: like oh, and- they told
1: you that they are just Faking
2: it. Yes. Well and it's it's such a shame because if you look at them at as performance artists, I mean I listen there's a podcast called Knowledge Fight that I listen to. Okay,
3: yeah.
2: Uh Knowledge Fight is these two comedians in Chicago that they watch uh Alex Jones' show InfoWars every day. Oh my god. And they do a oh breakdown and they play clips and they tell you why he's wrong, but oh, they that's also great. But like when you just hear like he is such an insane performer. Yes.
1: Well, right. No, cuz like if I was at a show and I saw someone come on and do that, I'd be like, "Oh, this is a funny character. This is insane." Yeah. And he yes. ta- he,
2: he does it for like 3 hours and like the height and you're just like, "If you you're so talented." You fucking yeah. asshole. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, look, Joe yeah. Rogan also, like another yeah.
3: comedian, performer, MMA, whatever. And now all of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. just, I mean, stay in your lane and also like live your truth yeah. in the thing that you do well. Yeah. Because we are fine with hearing you make jokes. Yeah. But just please don't swerve into, you know, talking about immunology and horse dewormers or whatever. It's just, no. just like, not, I mean, no, no, no.
0: Yeah, my thing with Rogan is like, yeah, exactly. That's fine. His whole defense, like, I'm just a guy asking questions. It's like, well, then that's cool. Then present your show as that. That's not actually the tone of your show. And that's not actually the way that you're speaking to your guests. You are acting as though you're coming from like an informed fact check point of view. And you are encouraging people to come here for Mm -hmm. information.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Yes, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing that I was hoping, I think, to remove in in, in a book that, had a lot of grounded examples but is generally quite theoretical was to sort of like get comfortable with the cameras in the frame with the clarity Mm -hmm. of how what artifice is there with the idea that all the uh, characters on the bachelor are like have independent producers who are coaching them you Mm -hmm. know and then you're less likely to be like oh elizabeth holmes she's got to be the real thing (laughs) you know (laughs) exactly right
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild like because you know i love a few different reality franchises and then people will just like go on their instagram and attack them and stuff and like yes i get it some people you know have done shit that is not okay but like for the most part they're just attacking them for like their personal choices in life and i'm like this is a produced show like these are just people yeah. like leave them the fuck alone you know but it's totally people really left- take it to heart
3: it's totally mama's watching her stories in the old days right. of like d- of soap operas. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, no, Erica Kane, you're not doing <laughs> that again. Uh, leave yeah. him alone. <laughs> and then remember there was Soap Opera Digest and like it would show uh, up at yeah. mm-hmm. checkout counters and it would treat them like they were real people. It would be like, yeah. is Laura and Luke going to get back together or whatever? Um, <laughs> I still think and- of
0: Sarah Jessica Parker as Carrie Bradshaw. You know, I can't follow. everyone, <laughs> <like>, right? <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Um, But, you know,
3: as long as they tilt toward the sophistication of viewers, most Mm -hmm. people can understand that reality TV is not reality. But Mm. apparently some people can't. And that was sort of a revelation of... I mean, granted, they got hit so hard with disinformation um, and have been hit so hard right. with the Q stuff and people pick it up and then they put it on their YouTube mm-hmm. and they seem credible because they're influencers. But it, you know, and it, it was a hard hit, but there were a lot of people without immunity to it who, you know, whose brains got hijacked. And like, you know, one of the like saddest things is hearing people who like lost a parent or brother to Fox News, like,
1: oh god, you that's know, the worst yeah. just
3: the like cognitive trauma of all Mm -hmm. that is like it's really hard on families and you just like are talking Mm -hmm. to a person that was sane and fun and now they can't get their mind off like the dominion Dominion voting machines or like where did you get this you know
0: it's a little body snatchers yeah yes it's total body snatchers yeah Yeah.
3: Um, yeah
2: I, I want to blame Walter Cronkite for all of this because oh, he was the most trusted man in news and an entire generation. Of people were like, you trust the man that says the thing
3: <laughs> at a desk. <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. At a desk. And if they say it, then that is truth. And, uh, he was the last one, I think. Yes. yes, <laughs> but, but he didn't say that he was the last one he, when he retired right? And that right. I think has caused all of the problems. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're right. My dad sort of
3: idolized his Peter Jennings that way, but mm-hmm. yes, um, that right. And, yes. And then you just, like, keep your idolatry up, even though the kind of monoculture that makes Walter Even Conkey though, yeah, possible, any asshole
1: can make mm-hmm. a fucking video now and put yeah. it online with zero fact-checking and zero mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> anything behind yes. it. Yes, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my dad – I mean,
2: just – yeah, it's the fictional literacy of the internet. My dad sent me an yeah. Onion article as fact – and love it, one, and I was like, "Ooh, we're never coming back from this, Dad."
3: Just, <laughs> <laughs> we're just, I love it.
2: You've 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 crossed a Rubicon. Babe. <laughs> <laughs> did,
3: did you now? How much did you have to explain? Were you like the Onion's a humor site, Dunzo? or were you like, "Okay, let's back up to the idea of satire"? <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> he he knows what satire is. I think he. I don't. I don't know where he found the article, but I I called him, and I was like, mm, "Okay, in the upper left-hand corner where it says the Onion, click on that." Now, I want you to go and read the byline. About us. Yeah, about us. I'm going to sit on the phone with you as you read that. Okay. (laughs) Now, the article that you sent me, now do you think it's real? Do you remember the
0: headline? What was it?
2: Oh, it was about Obama having a secret son oh my <laughs> or something god. oh
3: it was like it sounded like real news it wasn't
2: like a fun yeah. fact about an area man
1: yeah wow.
2: it, was, <laughs> it was clearly like obama having a secret son no, it was like, like
1: area like, man like, is obama's secret son oh my god yeah, I
0: yeah, yeah. Love. Like that, yeah. the onion is there yeah. anything better than the onion they that recent um sarah palin libel case that she lost did you guys see the article that the onion released after uh, that
1: no. no oh my
0: god it was like Demon mother Sarah Palin, who clearly is of the Antichrist, and they just wrote this whole article, (laughs) 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 just like really factual about her satanic position in the world.
3: I love it. Can I? All right. So this isn't an example of like a parent falling for satire, but it is this really interesting way that I think it's my mom's story, but. Illustrates. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you what it illustrates later. All right. So there was a while, maybe like 10 years ago, where there was this movie called I Heart Huckabees. Mm-hmm. Does oh, yeah. Remember I remember that? Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So there were banner ads for it on the Times landing page just over and over for days and days. Like they just bought the front page online. I Heart Huckabees. I Heart Huckabees. Okay. So like two weeks later, I'm talking to my mom on the phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay. No. Please don't laugh. Please don't laugh. And my nope. mom goes, do you know what Huckabee's are? Because everyone seems to love them. <laughs> I know,
0: Aww. but it was
3: what it was great is it was two weeks later, so it was just like ask Virginia about Huckabee's. I don't know what <laughs> she Huckabees like wrote <laughs> this down.
1: She's like, okay, now I know everybody loves Raymond, but right. this yes. is Huckabee's <laughs> thing. Huckabee. Yeah.
3: It was. It was also like how people. Get disinformation in their heads. Like, I got Mm -hmm. off Facebook when a very good and smart friend of mine I mean, really smart started to be like, I think Antifa is really a danger to America because I saw these cars burning in Berkeley because something something Mm -hmm. and like this is a huge phenomenon. And I was like, Please don't believe this disinformation. Here's 12 examples of why that's disinformation. And she was like, I think we, you know, we can't just defend everything the left does. Like these are really Mm -hmm. dangerous people and this is like a kind of anarchy and it's out here and whatever. And like, I'm telling you a smart person. And I was just like, I think people are gone. (laughs) Like some people are just gone. Like, and nobody likes to be told. I've fallen for disinformation before. Oh yeah. Nobody Mm -hmm. likes to be told. That they're, you know, oh, you idiot, you know, that was a joke. Um, yeah. But um, so that's always like a delicate issue. And, you know, my decision, maybe not the right one, was to jump off Facebook because I couldn't, I couldn't, it just seemed very sad that people yeah. were trading so many lies there. I don't know. I just saw so much, you
1: know, yeah. it's like, no, Facebook definitely with the, the breeding and- ground for it, I think, the, mo- yeah. like the most out of any social media.
0: Yeah, and it well, makes me feel well, yeah. hopeless sometimes because it's like I don't know. I mean, yeah, I love I want you everyone to yeah, read more fiction anyway. Their mind? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's like I want to still have like a good relationship <laughs> with these people like oh, IRL exactly. in some way too yeah
3: yes and also yeah and they and also the like also I'm just like oh for fuck's sake you don't need a paragraph like yeah. uh, like that the the character cap on Twitter is enough like and if like these <laughs> long like hey guys hey hive mind you can someone help me with the blah 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 storytelling blah blah I'm just like oh my god I'm asleep please stop talking like you just have way too much time and then everyone in the comments with their long answers and they like tag each other and
1: are back i know and forth. but sometimes that shit's good reading
3: is it oh right like if it, like, right like if it's like a bad art friend kind of situation where yeah you're like, sometimes oh you're like
1: oh let me if someone's posting about a breakup and they tag the ex or something you're like hey, oh, oh yeah that's
3: a good point
4: <laughs>
1: okay we have to we have to take a break but we'll be back with lady problems everybody we're back in lady to lady i'm babs i'm brandy i'm tess i'm virginia yay let's do some lady problems if you want to send them to us you can email us at lady to lady comedy at gmail.com and you can also give us a phone call three two three six but 30 we've gotten a lot lately so we're, we're filtering through them all you know and um please keep sending them and let's let's do it Lady
4: problems,
1: lady, lady problems, lady problems. Do you have them? Lady problems. Do you have them?
2: People have them. Oh yes. <laughs> Let's Another roll. banger.
4: Hey, ladies, I have a lady, a lady problem. So I moved to a big city for college and pretty much started my life over. I was by myself. I made all new friends, uh, met my boyfriend, who I've been with for a while now, and just kind of restarted my life there. I was there for six years, and two of those were during COVID. And then my boyfriend and I decided that we wanted to adventure out and move to a new place. So we did that a few months ago, and I've really, really been loving it here But every time I see anything from my old city and anything from my friends there, I get really, really sad and I don't want it to detract from the time that I'm having here because I really feel like I love both places. So I know some of you guys have moved around quite a bit and I was wondering, you know, how do you deal with having love for two places that you live because I love the people and the places, but I feel like I'm sad outside of either place now. Thanks for the help.
1: Bye. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough to feel like you have two homes when you can't go back that often.
0: I think one thing that's good, I don't know, I've I've mostly lived in California, but when I lived on the East Coast, I was very homesick all the time. Um, and one thing that helped me a lot is I would have my parents like send me California foods or like avocados or like things like I'm a very food person. So that was very, something about food really just helps with homesickness for me. So maybe if there's something that you can only get in your old town, um, try to keep your fridge stock with that stuff and see if you have anyone that can like hook you up. You know, my husband likes to get tasty cakes from Pennsylvania. I don't know. I think that's a good, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that's a good idea.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think also if there's, like, um, something that, like, your hometown is, like, known for, you could bring it to your new friends in the new place that you live, too. You know? I mean, there's – I put Old Bay on everything, and every person I've ever lived with (laughs) is, like, a new – a convert because of it.
1: (laughs) I think make sure you're, you know – calling your friends from your old place and like staying in touch with them that way. Cause I feel like people can feel really far away when you're just looking at their life on social media and you think you're connected cause you're commenting on their post or whatever, Mm. but like make sure you're actually talking to them, you know? And I think that that whenever I'm missing my close friends from Salt Lake, like I'll, you know, having a phone call really helps and just catching up on each other's lives and all that kind of stuff, the stuff that you would be catching up if you went out, you know, together for dinner or whatever. um, That can help a lot
3: put your finger on something which is um this is it sounds like it's as much a social media phenomenon than it is as it is a, you know, actual distance homesickness issue because, you know, I feel like I see my like a bunch of my high school friends you know like somehow got out on a yacht and like there are pictures of them on corsica and like they you know it's not a question of missing the place but is that like uncanny feeling of like you leave your body like like who's having the better time a total fiction of people on instagram or like me with like scents and smells and three dimensions and you know like like to the right so it's like like you know, those, the pictures, as we all know, aren't real. I think it's pretty easy to give yourself a break from social media if it's not, you know, hitting the spot right now. Um, and um, fill your feed with pictures of your new city. Um, and, you know, even if it's like just following, you know, you know, street style <laughs> blogs or, um, or like tourist stuff. And, Um, and just sort of like give your heart a rest on the compare and despair because, or else you're living in two places and you just like, it feels one of the things of the, you know, issues of the internet is like, it's hard to be where we are, even if you're not in a city that you, you know, left. So like, you know, you're always like half in the lives of people you envy online or half in the lives of people you miss online um and so I, yeah i think this the presence familiarizing yourself with like the trees and the blocks you haven't been to and all those like material
2: interfaces that are so mm-hmm. um rewarding yeah and i think also it's just like patience because it takes i mean i remember when i moved when i moved to philly it probably took about a year to feel like That was my home. And when I moved to L.A., I think it was like a year or two before I was like, oh, no, this like you understand the rhythm of a place like you really understand, you know, oh, this is like my guy that I see at the corner store. Like, you know, this is the this is the, you know, everything that I see in my life that makes it like my life. And it just it takes a minute to really understand that.
3: Also, I mean, I'm incredibly impressed that, Mm -hmm. you know, the caller has like moved to the college town, made a bunch of friends. You know has this boyfriend that she loves enough to move with her you know move with him to another place and then loves the next place like in some ways there's like an abundance of riches i mean i almost Mm -hmm. thought you were going to be like i hate the new place and i you know but in fact like who loves their lives in two different cities and is able to make friends so i mean that kind of flexibility and generosity to places is really really admirable
0: that's a good yeah, point. Certainly. I think it's probably just, I don't know how old this color is. It don't sound, it sound like they're kind of on the younger side. But that is the good news is you're probably going to discover more places that you love in your yes. adult life. And it's really fun to be able to have these kind of locales around the country and maybe even around the world where you know that you can mm-hmm. just drop in. You know, San Francisco yes. is a city that I feel very, like, at home at. Like, I've been there so many times yeah. and I yeah. have so many friends there that you could just drop yeah. me there. And I'll kind of revert back to, like, oh, I know this place. And it's it's very nice to have multiple of those places, really. It is yeah.
1: Yeah, it's I kind think. of a yeah, it's um really nice as you get older to know people in different places. Like Tess said, yeah. it's like, oh, I have a friend in this city, I have a friend in this city. It's like as they move to other places, you know, you have new friends you have friends in new places. So I think I think understand that you're you are probably grieving, you know, from leaving your old place. Moving is traumatic in its own way too. It's just mm-hmm. a pain in the ass and that can be a minute to get over. But just try to Yeah, just understand that like, it's part of life. And those friends are still going to be there. You guys are still gonna have fun experiences when you go back. That's not, you know, changing anything Mm -hmm. just because they're doing stuff maybe without you. Um, and I would try to go visit occasionally, not on a holiday or something, just some like random times that are maybe not as busy. And like, you can just Mm -hmm. kind of have some of those old times when it's not going to be hard to travel or something like that. Yeah.
3: Also group chats, group chats, group chats. I'm still just a group chat person forever. Um, Mm -hmm. and then you can be a little more honest about your lives than you might be on, um, on social media. On
2: social. Yeah, for sure. And you're also, now you're the destination friend, I think becoming the
1: destination Ooh. Being the destination friend
2: is very fun to be like, Oh, you're the person that gets to show people around the
1: city. Yes. Like
2: you get to be the little tour guide for everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. When I was
1: in LA the first few years, I had a ton of friends come visit and it was so much fun. That's, I yeah. love that. Yeah.
3: And yeah. also, by the way, I clocked that you are from Salt Lake City and was like, now I have another friend from Salt Lake City. I just like, <laughs> do, you have that, do you have that greed thing where you like, here's like someone's from Minneapolis mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't have a point person in Minneapolis. That
2: person can hook me up. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yes. Salt Lake's 100%. a good one
1: because it's one of those ones where you do need like, if you're going there, you're like, tell me something. What the fuck yeah. is in this city? <laughs>
3: yes, it's true. It's true. But after a while you get, you have enough friends in the bullseye cities and that's when you wanna like your bingo card is like too light on Kansas City, Missouri, you
2: know? (laughs) You need
0: the you need the port and chocolate of cities
2: to add to the flight. (laughs) Oh for sure. (laughs) Right. Yeah. i had had some friends move from Louisville out to the Inland Empire out here and I was like, but you were my Louisville friends. (laughs) Right.
1: Oh my God.
3: Right. (laughs) You're just like yeah yeah. Yeah, it's better than having, like, friends in high places. You just want friends in, like, slightly obscure places, you know?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you're into, like, a specific sports team, see if there's a bar for that in your area. Like, I know there's an Eagles bar in Highland Park, um, Mm -hmm. and there's different, like, you know – Depending on the team, like, they might have a locale where people go to gather there and, like, watch the game. So even if you're not – even if you don't have one, it can be fun if there is, you know, a team from your town that, like, people go watch games. Just go check it out. And you'll – you will meet someone from there, I'm sure, so – that can be fun too.
2: Totally. That, I'm I'm not like a football fan, but I, during the Super Bowl this year, two of the I guess two of the bars in Eagle Rock uh, are Bengals bars. Yeah, and there was just lots of Bengals fans walking around, just like we're going to the Bengals bars, and it was just very cute to see like all these Ohioans getting together. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's definitely walk around with their colors I'm sure in
1: your town who moved there from where you moved from, and that can be really fun to connect with people who get it. You
2: know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And there and you know there is yeah. I mean I I, I love. I love people from everywhere but whenever I meet like an east coaster or especially somebody from Maryland I'm just like oh shit you know yeah, they
1: just about like that, that yeah. yeah yeah meeting yeah. someone who grew up in Salt Lake especially if they were not Mormon growing up there but even if they were it's like oh okay we understand each other on a level that's not like <laughs> <a> common language <laughs> no one else. yeah yes
2: yeah yeah,
4: yeah. 100% <laughs> all right let's uh do our next one okay hi ladies my name is Steph, been a listener for a while, and I have a little lady problem. Me and my boyfriend have been dating for about four years. We're talking about marriage, going into the whole, what do we do, super chill. He is a shy cat boy, very adorable, very angelic. However, he has a little bit of analysis paralysis as far as initiating said, picking out engagement rings figuring out what we're gonna do and I just, I can't I've been fucking the patriarchy my whole life, but this one thing, I feel like if I have to go and say, I want this exact thing and want you to do this exact thing at this time, it just feels like I'm tricking him into it, so what do you how do you subtly nudge a very gentle humble little baby boy to take the reins? Thanks! (laughs) great voicemail
1: um yeah so oh good nicely well phrased. I I tweeted the other I tweeted this recently but I found like there was a uh Mr. Potato Head ring that I saw advertised mm-hmm. and I like I took a screenshot of it and I put it on Twitter and I was like how do you suddenly tell your boyfriend about the kind of ring that you want <laughs> it's I mean it's a ridiculous <laughs> yeah. ring and I don't know if I'd actually yeah, want yeah. it maybe I would but um there's just a hint if you have a twitter just kind of like be randomly posting rings that you like yeah
0: Yeah. man i really relate to this lady problem um exactly it shouldn't matter and like there's plenty of in heterosexual relationships there are plenty of women who propose to men that's awesome Mm -hmm. but it is it's some people want it to be a surprise but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a surprise that you want to be orchestrated exactly the way that you want it orchestrated. So it's tricky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if we know that there's anybody terrible at planning things on their own, it's straight men. So <laughs> <laughs> I think tough. this
3: is. I think this is a big opportunity to get out. Since the caller mentioned patriarchy, like mm-hmm. it, you know, we have to remember patriarchy hurts all of us. And one of the things yes. that hurts us in is becoming like some. A person that you just think live must have lived in the fifties. That's like angling to get the guy to do the right thing and manipulate him and be sure his ego is doing the right thing. And you know, it is. It, it's like it sounds. It is uncomfortable to take on that role. Like I'm actually engaged right now, and my um, fiance is uh, like just less career driven than I am. And it honestly took me a little bit of time to say he's not picking up the check. Like we're splitting checks. Right. I'm not proud right. of this, right. but I, but I was like, where did I get this idea? You know? Yeah. And you know, if we're say- if we're like wanting men to take a hard look, we need to take a hard look too. Like mm-hmm. we don't want to spend yeah. our lives trying to manipulate guys into buying us shit. It's just not the thing. Right. It never no. ends well. It sucks. You lie in bed. And if you want, you know, the perfect proposal with the perfect ring, and you want it to be done in exactly your way, you'll always be disappointed if you're relying on another person to do that. So I don't know, I think give yourself the thing that you want him to give to you. And like set a precedent in your marriage that it's not gonna fall in line with, you know, patriarchal postcards you know so do
0: you think she Mm -hmm. should just pick out a ring and ask him herself pick out a ring and ask him herself I mean just bite that bullet like
3: what you know and it nothing will be your fantasy your marriage won't be your fantasy your wedding won't be your fantasy it will all be so much better uh, than your fantasy especially if you let go of expectations on the front end you know Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I mean like that makes sense to me but I I just think it's Weddings are so deeply ingrained, like, it's just such a deep thing that we see since we're, like, kids and we're flower girls in a wedding. And it's, like, yeah. I think there are certain artifices around weddings and part of those, like, traditions that are really hard to shake. Like, I'm not a really traditional person, but, like, I was going to wear a long white dress at my wedding. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though I'm the biggest feminist in the world and I don't, I know what yeah. that symbolizes. and I. It, but, it, like, I, I wanted to wear a white dress at my wedding. Yeah.
3: I don't, you know I, what I, mean? I think right i mean i think i on, like ironic and shared participation in some of those things knowing like oh this is what it stands for but i just think it's pr- i think it's beautiful or i think it's fun to play with that or whatever is one thing mm-hmm. but then there's like the um Like you can imagine a guy sort of getting busted for some like Me Too activity, mild Me Too activity and being like, look, I just grew up thinking you should be able to pinch a girl's ass in the workplace. That's just my jam. And like, I don't Mm -hmm. know why she takes it so seriously. I'm trying to be a feminist. But like, here's one thing I think is fun, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. that's what I expected workplaces to be like. And, you know, I just I continue to think and, you know, white supremacy works the same way. If. These things are phenomena. They hurt all of us, every single one, you know, all of us, like diet culture and, you know, every single bit of fallout from some idea that like men own women or, you know, and our job is to like hope we get their resources by acting the right way and looking the right way, while their job is to bestow those resources on us. Like, I, like we both, we all have to break out of that. And it's yeah. incredibly liberating. Like, when I just, decided I'm picking up every check when we go out to eat like I just like never looked back I was just like this is the way it goes of course like I've got the money and he doesn't like what you know the, and and you know now I like you know this is so much better than my first marriage because um I'm just feel like I'm kind of living my my political values
1: yeah man I I understand I, under, I t- 1000% understand where you're coming from but I still I, yeah it's like in that thing where I guess I don't even think of it as like oh I'm holding uh, onto this tradition that I don't agree with it's more that I'm just like I just want this and if it's mm-hmm. okay that I want this you know what that's, I mean that's there's
3: all I mean there's also yeah. right like a kink kind of thing right like no it is <laughs> yeah. it's, it's actually very yeah,
1: similar is, like, like it's, sexual
0: it's, dynamics Yeah, yes, yes yes, yes.
1: Yes, right. I, yeah, like, and I, we, you know, we're not at the point where we're, like, really talking about that, but, like, I think it's probably gonna be in the next few years, you know, and I do want him to do it, and I have, in my head, I'm like, I'm not, there's no way I'm doing it, like, that's right. not happening, and so, I, and I think, like, what she's asking is more just, like, how do I kind of it seems like we're near it, but how do I put this in his zone? Well, there's so another, I feel like-
3: right. there's another thing if they're both not totally agree, if like, if it's, if it's like to keep the sexual metaphor, if it feels like it's not consensual with him, like it feels yeah. like he needs like lots of friends of mine in the, you know, or aughts were like giving their guys ultimatums, you know, and trying to be like, you got to marry me by this point. And that's a whole yeah. different thing. I mean, if it's just the set piece of the <laughs> proposal, um, but yeah. if, but if, the, you know, if there's not some like clear agreement that they really want to get married, because he's still like making pros and cons lists, then that is a really, I think that is another really interesting conversation and way to open up the idea of what you guys want from your marriage. Um Yeah, I I
0: don't think you're jinxing any kind of like element. If what you want is a proposal that is sort of a surprise or some kind of a special event that you want him to plan, I don't think that you're prohibiting that from happening or jinxing it by having like a frank conversation about wanting to get engaged. And in that conversation can also be have an open conversation about it. And then I think you can just text him some rings that you like.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's got to know your ring size just anyway. Yeah. True.
0: So you can you feel know. like,
3: it's like this one. And my ring size, yeah. is, <laughs> my ring size yeah. has a diamond on it. <laughs> my ring.
2: Exactly. I mean, yeah. And I mean, you could also like, you know, use humor with a couple of things just be like, Oh, FYI, no jumbotron. If if that's like something uh, you don't want, yeah. like the the big things that you know you don't want, like I think you can kind of jokingly like, if he clearly knows that you don't want, like he knows that you would never do that and he would never do that for you, make those jokes and that puts that in his head of like, oh okay, well what would that actually look like?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. That's yeah, good. there you yeah. go. Watch that J Lo movie, marry me, and be like, <laughs> that's not what I want, and then just kind of go from there. yeah well and it's like also like you know it
2: is him like he he might have an idea of how he wants to do this too you know like it's like you you have an idea of how you how how you've always seen yourself getting engaged but he might have some idea or like some way that he feels more comfortable doing it too and if he is the one that is going to do it then you know As an expression from him.
1: And I will say, and I don't want, yeah, it's tough because obviously, like we said, like your expectation, Mm -hmm. we want, if you want something specific, then that's Mm -hmm. its own thing. But I will say that sweet, shy little cat boys, they got stuff Mm -hmm. going on sometimes you don't know about. Totally. Yeah. I
3: love that. (laughs) And also that would like, I think that might diminish some performance anxiety around it. I mean, you know, when I'm like sort of expected for my kids to plan big birthday parties and stuff that i can get really analysis paralysis mm-hmm. because you're trying to figure out what someone wants and you know yeah. i think if you say to him like i know you're going to do this your way and you're amazing and i can't wait to see what you come up with right and that's, yeah. Be, yeah that's great yes there's some parameters yes. and just like let mm-hmm. him have his whole creativity um yeah. in the mix because yeah
0: Yeah, I think that's really wise. Yeah, just like taking the pressure off because that's like a lot of pressure if he's not having, he doesn't have any kind of standards to go by. He's just, if it's a total shot in the dark and I mean, he wants to make you happy and do what you want. I think Mm -hmm. letting him know that you are going to be happy with whatever he does may help him turn it into like a concrete checklist. Then it's like, okay, where should I be looking for rings? What kind of rings does she like? Where do I, do I want to do this at a restaurant or at home or whatever? And then it can become more sort of like specific concrete decisions that he's making instead of like, I guess I have to propose to her. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is <laughs> a comedian, Matt Lieb, who got oh, yeah. engaged oh, during quarantine. Oh my God. <laughs> and he, he he wanted to just make the ring a complete surprise and he like completely got duped by the uh the ring people and they did a custom ring that had this giant i don't even know what the blue stone was sapphire. but it looked like which a is giant a beautiful blue stone. sapphire yeah but now for a wedding ring. And it was so, it looked like costume jewelry. Oh, it was oh. so big. And then he, he, he talked about it at an open mic that we did with it. And he, it was so funny because he like brought, we're like, it can't be that bad. And then he showed it to every woman there. And we were all like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Love it. And his, his fiance said, yes, but I'm not wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking idiots it's amazing <laughs> now he gets a bit out of it so oh yeah you know. no, exactly i was like well you got the bit that's fine yeah. That'll be that's list. what matters that's for the
3: yeah the bit. i also think this sounds like it's going to be a great beautiful marriage which is the big deal yeah mm-hmm. like the way you're su- sounding about him and um yeah. you know sensitivity to his analysis paralysis like that's a nice way mm-hmm. that you are being sympathetic to his situation and i love it Yeah,
0: I agree. And that really is. I mean, weddings really are just a party. Like the relationship is, is the thing. (laughs) It's the thing. (laughs) It's the (laughs) after party. yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah,
0: um virginia this has been so much fun what a delightful
3: morning i love it and you're right your morning (laughs) is my uh midday so it's been a great midday oh yeah oh that's right yay um (laughs) where can people find
0: you on the internet where they where can they find your your book and your podcast and all that stuff so
3: the podcast is called this is critical it's like it's a stitcher show but you can find it on any of your podcast platforms and um my handle on twitter which is as i say sadly where i Never am not at page eighty eight. <laughs> is that? And then I write a column for Wired, and that's monthly. Um, and one last thing is I have a newsletter, my Substack, which if you go to Wire, go to at page eighty eight on Twitter, you can find easily. But it is called Magic and Loss after my book. So those are the cool. I guess four ways: Twitter, Substack. This is critical. The podcast, which I'm especially proud of, and trying to get off the ground. So please listen. Um, And uh, whatever I said, the last one was Wired, Wired magazine, (laughs) Wired (laughs) newsletter. Yeah,
1: yes. Go subscribe (laughs) to her podcast right now. We demand you do it.
3: Yes, smash Mm -hmm. the like button for that because it's like it needs some love. My last podcast was so easy to promote. It it was Donald Trump. It was called Trumpcast, and everyone wanted to listen. But you you guys know it's like a little bit harder when it's not right on the news
1: rough out there well you've been a total delight and so i know everybody all of our listeners will love to go hear your show so
3: so thank you bless you for saying that
1: (laughs) 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 and yeah thank you and we'll see everybody next time all right bye -bye. Bye, guys three two three six but thirty it's six but
2: thirty somewhere Well, good, ladies. It is early in the morning on a
5: Wednesday, and I'm on my way to work for a video call with these people in the Netherlands, and I've been really anxious about it. Um, And I'm listening to your podcast that just came out today. It's called Body Count is the name of the episode. And Brandy, I, I'm like two seconds into it, but Brandy opens it. I mean, you guys all open it with your jokes. And then Brandy goes, robble, robble, right before it plays the song. And I don't know why, but it just made me lose my shit, like dying in the car. Just like, wobble robble. And then it goes straight to the theme song. I don't know. I just want to say thanks because I was real anxious about this meeting. And, like, I basically just pissed myself. So thanks, and have a great day.
0: All right, bye.
5: Hi ladies, um, I recently called in, well not recently, but I had called in with a lady problem regarding not being able to get over an ex and I was wondering if I was normal. And first let me say I was very, I felt so honored <laughs> that I was on the podcast like that. It I was on a long road trip. I just heard myself speaking over the <laughs> radio. I was it blew my mind. Anyways, wanted to say thank you so much. All of your guys' Every everyone's advice was just so like phenomenal. I was screaming back at my car radio, just like, yes, well, that's exactly how I feel. So thank you for that. Even just the fact that uh, I was on the show, I don't know. It just seemed amazing and blew my mind. So it's good to know that I'm not alone. And as a side note, I haven't thought about that motherfucker since. <laughs> so whatever happened, I'm thankful. And uh, I love you guys. I love the show. And I'm hoping I can see you in a live show soon. I'm in L.A., so it should, hopefully I can make it happen. But <clears throat> if I do get married to this man I've been with, um, all of y'all are going to get invited. So clear up your schedules, except he hasn't proposed. Anyways, love you guys. Thank you so much. I feel honored to have been featured on the show, and I will probably call in with another one because my life is in shambles.
1: Okay, love you. Bye. Lady to Lady is produced by
2: Katie Levine. Get tons of bonus content, discounted tickets for live shows, and lots more at patreon.com slash lady to
0: Follow us on Instagram at lady, the number two lady comedy. And give your input on lady problems and get info about upcoming live shows.
1: And hey, don't forget to follow our individual accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Babs Gray, Brandazzle, and Testify Barker.
2: Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can
0: listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app.
1: Follow Lady to Lady on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, you can rate and review the show.
0: Visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase Lady to Lady merch.